programming update. This was originally supposed to be a weekly podcast, but it turns out weekly is really hard with everything else going on, so I'm doing bi-weekly now. They'll be out every other Thursday. Side note, if my sound quality is poor today, I apologize. My neighbor decided that about six minutes before I hit the record button was the right time to start mowing. Oh well. Anyway, I know I talked about animals in the last episode, but don't worry, that is going to keep happening for a while yet. Maybe not in the next episode, but it's certainly happening in this one. This time, I'm talking about animal islands. I don't know that that's the correct scientific term, but what I mean by this term is pretty self-explanatory. It's an island that houses a large population of a specific animal. Now, I didn't come up with this entirely because of how popular Animal Crossing and all of their islands are, but it certainly didn't hurt. As always, I knew about some of these before I started researching, but there's one in particular that I did not know about, and I'm really excited to tell you about that in a bit. Not till later, though. I'm saving my favorite for last. Now, quick disclaimer. I know not everyone loves every animal. Sad, but here we are. Some of these animal islands might not be your favorite, and some make me nervous, too. In case you need some warning, though, we will be talking about wolves, wallabies, crabs, Komodo dragons, rabbits, kuakas, and pigs, so likely not in that order. To start with, let's start with an animal colony that a lot of you may be familiar with, the swimming pigs of Big Major K, Exuma, Bahamas. I'm sure you've seen movies or TV shows that feature people swimming in unbelievably clear water surrounded by adorable pink and brown pigs. That's the one I'm talking about. For reference, Big Major K, or Pig Beach as it's sometimes known, is 89 miles southeast of Nassau. Don't worry, I had to look it all up on Google Maps to get it into my head too. Geography maybe wasn't my best subject. While no one is quite sure where the pigs came from, Wikipedia offers a few theories. The pigs are said to have been dropped off on Big Major K by a group of sailors who were planning on coming back and cooking them, but the sailors never returned and the pigs survived on the excess food dumped from passing ships. Another legend has it that the pigs were survivors of a shipwreck and managed to swim to shore, while another claims that the pigs had escaped from some nearby islet. As the pigs are not native to the island, they had to come from somewhere, but no one quite knows where. Whatever the case, at present, there are about 20 pigs and piglets, according to Bahamas.com. The K is only accessible by boat, but if you're ever in the area, the pigs will swim out to you because they're fairly sure they're going to get food, and don't worry, you're allowed to feed them. You can also go to shore and go swimming with them, but be aware, they're pretty insistent and they can get a little overwhelming. Now, moving on to some more creepy crawly types of things, let's talk about Christmas Island. This island is located 220 miles south of Java and Sumatra, and about 1,000 miles northwest of the closest Australian location. This island is full of historical and cultural diversity, which I encourage you to look up, but right now, we're discussing the crabs. 
Every year, these crabs with black bodies and bright red legs migrate across Christmas Island. The migration starts with the first rainfall of the wet season, which is usually in October or November, but can sometimes be as late as December or January. Whatever the case, whenever the time, when they migrate, it is absolutely bananas. It's estimated that 40 to 50 million of these crabs live in their preferred areas, so when they migrate, it's straight up noodles. While there are crab bridges, crab bridges, very excellent, to help the crabs safely cross the street, to protect the rest of the crabs, the island closes part or all of the roads that the crabs are crossing, so while visiting and watching is amazing, don't expect to get anywhere anytime quickly. Okay. That's enough crabs, but holy cow, there are way more animal islands than I thought. So I'm going to sort of speed run through some of them. Komodo Island is very restricted to tourists with many good reasons, but let's talk about it for a minute anyway. Located in Indonesia, these dragons are up to 10 feet long and are considered vulnerable, according to the International Union for the Conservation of Nature. If you want to visit, you'll have to pay close to $1,000 for a year-long membership with visiting privileges, but if you want to see these living dinosaurs, it is worth every penny. If Bambi is your favorite childhood movie, perhaps Marisima should be on your bucket list. If you want to glimpse at what's been nicknamed Deer Island, this place is actually a really great day trip from Hiroshima. More than a thousand Sika deer, completely unafraid of people, live on that island, and they've had people showing up to visit from all over the world. I mean, they are very cute. The deer, not the tourists. The deer roam around the island's historic shrines and lanterns, and they even play around the iconic Tory Gate. Now, they will happily take food from you, but there's a law that prohibits feeding the deer, sadly. All right, let's come back to the U.S. and talk about Wolf Island. Off the coast of Seattle, there's an island called Anacortes where there is a 10-acre wolf sanctuary called Predators of the Heart, which I love. The wolves that live there are only brought there if they, quote, find themselves without a place to live out their lives, unquote. It's a gorgeous place surrounded by forest and ocean, and the wolves out there act like giant dogs. They're friendly and smart and have learned that being friendly to people gets them rewarded. It's actually so popular that there's a wait list to visit, but I'm guessing it would be totally worth it. Okay, jumping across the country, let's talk about the Mideastern U.S. and talk about the horses of Chincoteague and Assateague. I imagine a lot of people have heard of these islands off the coast of Maryland and Virginia, but eh, then again, I was a horse girl growing up and I read Misty of Chincoteague like it was my job. However, according to Atlas Obscura, a website I highly recommend, by the way, Uninhabited Assateague Island is 37 miles long and split between Maryland and Virginia, but the real owners are the wild ponies that roam the beaches. One story states that they survived a shipwreck and that the remains of the Spanish galleon might even be hidden beneath the sands. Only a small fence divides the island, but the approach of the two states to the ponies is very different. Each year, Chincoteague, Virginia, rounds up their half of the ponies and has them swim across the water, where those who bid on them can decide to own a wild pony or have them return to the island. Maryland, however, leaves their ponies to their wildness. Whatever the case, you can visit Chincoteague whenever you'd like and hope for the best on a horse sighting. Let's turn the globe completely around now and look at Rottnest Island, Australia. 
Are you familiar with kawakas? Imagine a bunny with small ears, brown fur, the nose of a koala, and a smile that melts human hearts. It was described by the first European to lay eyes on it in 1658 as a kind of rat as big as a common cat, which is honestly just rude. Now, I love me some rats, and I think they're adorable, but this description is super unfair because koakas just are cute. Like, objectively. These babies are only found in a small area in Western Australia, flourishing on Rottnest Island where the numbers have swollen to 12,000. Okay, we're starting to get to where I get super biased. Okonoshima Island off the coast of Japan, located almost due east of Hiroshima, is known as Bunny Island. The reason that there are so many bunnies there is not really a lovely reason, but in the meantime, there is a whole island that's just full of sweet little bun-buns. Don't get me wrong, my bunny is a huge pain and a whole colony of rabbits would be worse, but y'all, bunnies are adorable. You can absolutely visit the island and befriend the bunnies as much as you want, and these ones you can even feed, because there ain't no law against it. Ooh, alright y'all. If I'm gonna get this podcast out on time, I have to stop soon, but I'm not gonna let you go without telling you about Lambay Island. Lambay Island is in Dublin Bay, and is just under one square mile. It houses about six people, which we're not interested in, and about a hundred wallabies, which we are interested in. Now, if you're like me and were zoned out when I mentioned where this island is, it is in Ireland. You know, the Emerald Isle. You didn't mishear me. The wallabies there were transplanted from Australia by the Bering family, who has owned the island since the early 1900s. Now, I mentioned the number 100, but an official count is impossible since the animals are really good at hiding and none of them have ever been tagged. But you can still visit the island in the hopes of spotting one of these adorable tiny kangaroos. I know they're not actually kangaroos. Don't at me. And even if you don't get to see them, it's still a lovely island and you can tour the house as well. Gosh, y'all, there are still so many more islands to discuss, but that's all the time we have for now. Look in the show notes for my resources, though, and you can see my reference material as well as all the islands and sanctuaries that I couldn't get to. If you want me to talk about something that makes you happy and relaxed, email me at imscaredpod at gmail.com, and I'll read it out at the end of the next show. Next time, we're going to be talking about the therapeutic power of touch. Until then, I love you keep finding those small joys.